Alright, well good morning again church. You guys ready for the word of God? Yeah? Good. Jesus is so good, so present, so near, so thankful for him. And uh, this morning we are uh, in for a treat. We've got a guest speaker that I'm going to introduce in a second here, Trace Howard. Uh, but let me give you a little uh, context, a little bit of what, where we've been, especially if you are checking out Antioch for the first time. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Um, we, for the last, I think, five weeks, we've been doing a series called Worthy is the Lamb. Everybody say, Worthy is the Lamb. Take it from a scripture in Revelation that just literally says, Worthy is a lamb who was slain to receive, I think I quoted it earlier, the power, riches, wealth, wisdom, and he's worthy of everything. And what the premise of this is simply, let's, let's turn our eyes to Jesus. Let's talk about why is he so worthy. You know, a lot of times we come to church and we're like waiting for the pastor to give a message that's just exactly for me. And listen, if you came in with that this morning, it's okay. I'm glad you're here. But what if we came in and say, man, what if I get to just know God more? What if I get to hear something about him, not just about me? And what's so crazy about that is when we get revelation of how amazing and worthy God is, it begins to put things in alignment inside of us. <laughs> and, you know, I got a, there's a Psalm 34 verse 5 that says, those who look to the Lord are radiant and their faces are never covered with shame. And a lot of times when we have, when we know something's off in us, we kind of, we don't, we don't always look up. We look like, what's going on in me? I hope I can fix myself. <laughs> well, here's the deal. When you, those who look to the Lord, they're radiant, not those who look inside yourself. And so that's just another way to say what we've been trying to do these last several weeks. Let's just turn our attention again to the Lord. Who is, how worthy is he? We've talked about his humility, his holiness, his servant-heartedness, his faithfulness, his love. And so as we are kind of, we're on the tail end of that, we close that out, um, Trace this morning is going to talk about really our response to how worthy he is. Anybody have a guess? What's a good response? If you're just like understanding how worthy Jesus is, what's a good response? Worship. worship. Yes. Worship. There's a lot of great answers. But worship is the one I was looking for. So we're, we're going to talk about worship uh, this morning. But let me tell you a little bit about Trace. Uh, just been so thankful to get to know their family over the last two years now. So his daughter, Arden, is a member of our church, part of our core team. Love Arden. And uh, they live in Dallas area. And they're part of the upper room there in Dallas. And Trace works on staff, helping develop the worship culture. And, uh, you know, thankful for what he does for his job. But, like, really the testimony of their life is I just see the, the fruit uh, in their children. And just get to see children that love the Lord. And, I mean, Andrew's here. How old are you, Andrew? You're 12. 12, you know, just seeing him this weekend worship the Lord. I'm like, yes, this inspires me. No matter what title, title Trace has, I'm like, his children love God, and that is enough. <laughs> and uh, just so honored to, to know this family and continue to get to know them. So y'all help me welcome up Trace Howard. Give it up for this family God. Thank you. Thank you. Honored to be here with y'all this morning and this weekend. Um, Great, great weekend. This is our, my first oral mandate. Heard a lot about oral mandate over the years and have had people that have been touched at oral mandate. And so um, was thankful to be a part of it with you all this weekend. Um, before, I'll give you a little introduction to just so you'll know me a little bit more before I jump into the message. But before we do that, um, I, I just wanted to take one more moment to honor uh, Mitchell and Beth. Um, 
So if y'all would stand for a minute. Um, I just want a couple of things. Um, just for everyone to acknowledge, like we're we're here right now. <laughs> we're all here right now um, because of your yes, yeah. And it's a big yes, and it's a it's a purposeful yes. It's a sacrificial yes, and. I just wanted us to take a moment and honor them for that yes. So can y'all stand to your feet with me and just honor this couple, honor the sacrifice, honor their lives. It's not a small thing. I know sometimes the daily, the daily routine, the weekly routine, over and over, it can feel burdensome, but it's not a small thing. It's really not. It's a really big thing in the kingdom. God sees you and knows you. And he loves you. And we love you. We're thankful. Very thankful. Um, so I'll introduce my family via a picture. Um, so this, this is the Howard family. You'll recognize Art in there. My wife, Donna, on the end. We've been married almost 26 years. Uh, met at Texas A&M University. Now there's many Aggies in the room. Gig um, Just really been a journey, a lifelong, thankful journey of life with my wife. One, one word over us in the early days of our marriage was that we would be pioneers. My wife nor I grew up like this. And someone spoke a prophetic word and said, you'll be pioneers in your family and your generations after you will be changed. And we've seen that over 26 years. We've seen that come to fruition. Y'all know Arden? Arden's love you. Love Arden. Um, Maggie Kate is there in the middle. This was her senior uh, graduation party. She just graduated this year from high school, and she is in Raleigh, North Carolina. She is a ballerina and had the opportunity to dance with Carolina Ballet this year. So she's taking a gap year. She's trying to figure it out. Do I want to continue to pursue dance or not? But the really, and we're excited about that for her, but what we're most excited about is she got plugged in that fast at Antioch Raleigh and she's in community she's in life group she's living with uh, a family she's living with um, a family that are elders in the church and so it's just like spiritually she is thriving in the midst of trying to figure out do I want to do this professional dance thing or not and so that's Maggie Kate um, and then Anders is with us Anders is 12 in the sixth grade Loves all things Lego. Very uh, creative builder mindset. And so love Anders. And that is the Howard family. I grew up in the church. Um, the Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Um, specifically in the churches of Christ. And... Churches of Christ gave me a love for this book, a love for the Word. Um, in the early 90s, when I was at A&M, um, had some encounters with the Lord, and um, Holy Spirit became real to me at that time. And so 
one of my loves is just for Antioch is that they are, you are purposefully positioning yourselves in college towns because that's when people make a choice. <laughs> I mean, statistically, like you will make a choice to walk and follow the Lord during your college and early 20 years. And so that's what my heart, I love Antioch and I love what y'all have committed yourselves to because it's part of my story. You know, God became real to me in college and Holy Spirit became real to me in college. And it's also what started and launched this journey of worship that I've been on for 30-ish years now. And um, in college, we were, I had the privilege of being a part of Breakaway Ministries in the early days of Breakaway. Um, got to lead worship for them. And we didn't know what we were doing in those early days besides we were just gathering and we were worshiping Jesus. And when we worshiped Jesus, something would happen. But I'm running with guys that don't even really talk about the Holy Spirit. They're more like on the kind of conservative track. We just knew that we would begin to worship Jesus and we called it something. <laughs> you know, like something would happen in the room and people would start weeping or people would just come down to the front and people were students were rededicating their lives. They were getting saved for the first time. And all we were doing was creating that space for them to encounter Jesus. But we weren't using Holy Spirit language. We weren't talking about gifts of the Spirit or any of that. But we were creating that space for people to encounter the Lord. And I just say that's what y'all that's what y'all do week in and week out. You're creating that space um, for people to encounter the Lord. And so, um, just really, really thankful for Antioch and and who y'all are and what you do. Um, we've been in Dallas since we got married and been a part of. Um, this is this will be our I guess our third church community that we're a part of. We were a part of one church community for about ten years before I stepped on, um, took a staff position at another local church, and it was at the it was at that local church on staff that I met Michael Miller, who's the founding pastor of Upper Room, and um, he and I were he was the singles minister, I was the contemporary worship guy. If you remember that, like. I'm, I'm old school, so like I've been in this whole worship movement for a long time. Like I remember when this, this was controversial. Like we weren't sure about the drums. I was in the like this over here, the electric. That one was controversial too. We weren't sure about those instruments. Can we do that in church or not? And so I was the contemporary guy. We had the traditional service. Um, but I was the contemporary guy. Michael Miller was the singles pastor. It was the first time that we met and we began to serve and work together. And then in 2010, when Upper Room started, I began to help with the prayer room. I began to serve um, in the prayer room specifically. And my role and responsibility has grown um, since I've been in Upper Room. Um, I was so, it was, it was a proud moment for me last night. As I was watching um, the the commissioning, you know, behind all the commissioning were my people. <laughs> um, the one in particular, Fred, the bass player, he doesn't get to do like that was a you know that was a really big deal for him. He has he served faithfully in our house. 
for a really long time. And that might have been the first time he got to travel. And, and so it was just seeing them up there, the two electric guitar players, they're not the main guys, but it's just watching these people grow up into who they are, their giftings. Um, anyway, it was just fun to see, see my people because it's where I've poured myself in for the last, you know, 10-ish years um, to, the, to the worship community there at Upper Room. Um, so that is real fast forward version of me, where I've come from. Again, really thankful to be here with y'all. Um, I want to start a couple, uh, start up the message um, with an idea. Um, Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11. Um, a simple verse that just says, He has put eternity in their hearts. He has put eternity in their hearts. And what that means, some, some, you'll hear where some people say it's like there's a God-sized hole in everybody's heart. And until that hole gets filled, you're always looking for something else. Another way to say it, he has put eternity in our hearts. You could say we're all worshipers. Yeah. We're all worshipers. Now, we're going to choose what we worship because God gives us a free will. But we're all worshipers. And you know people that may not know the Lord and a lot of them are probably worshiping something. They're probably giving their life to something else. Okay. We, we use the phrase all the time. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Okay. And we believe that's true. Well, the reason is because he's put eternity in their hearts. There will come a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Do you remember the old school song? Um, Come now is the time to worship. Yeah. Come now is the time to give your heart. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. See, that's the thing. We're all worshipers. We're all worshipers. But it's better to choose him now. It's better to bow the knee now. It's better to give him the worth he's due now. Because there will come a day when Jesus steps back in and he's going to make all things right. He's going to look at everyone. He's, there will be a judgment. Um, and it's better. It's just better. It's just better. He's worthy of it. He's going to get it anyway. But for us, it's better just to go ahead and bow the knee now. And so um, in a minute, I'm going to start to unpack some language around worship. Um, I know you all been in this series of worthy is the lamb. Um, I want to just a real quick, um, not a play on words, but just an understanding of the word worthy and um, and the word worship. If you went back to the old English, um, the old English word for worship is actually worth ship. So worth something's worth something and ship. That's where the word worship, our word worship, that's where it comes from. Worth ship. What are you going to give worth to? What are you going to proclaim as worthy? We're saying worthy is the lamb. And so a response to that is giving our worship to Jesus. And so um, y'all are, 
if I can do anything, I'm just going to try to give you a little language. I mean, y'all are a worshiping community. Like, <laughs> I mean, I love when I'm here and with y'all. It's like, it's not, it's not difficult. So if anything, I just hope this morning I can give you a little bit of language more than anything else. Um, before I jump into the Old Testament, I want to look at John 4 real quick. Um, John 4 is the famous passage where Jesus meets the woman at the well. And in the midst of that conversation of the woman at the well, he finds himself in this conversation about worship. She's kind of trying to make some distractions and she's trying to get Jesus off a little bit, you know, um, and he's bringing it all back around. And he boils everything down in that conversation right around uh, John 4, verse 23. And this is Jesus speaking, and he says, But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. And the, 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 the word I want to point out there is the word such. <laughs> Who's who, who or who or what's the such? <laughs> Does it say that the father's seeking worship? He's seeking people. He's seeking worshipers. It doesn't say the father is seeking worship. He's seeking worshipers because, again, eternity has been placed in our heart. He's looking for a people that will gladly choose him now. Um, Chronicle says that the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the earth, looking for those whose hearts are set on him. He's looking for worshipers. Yeah. And this verse shows us it's not. Yes, all of this is great, but all of this is unto us being people that are committed yeah. to worshiping him. Yeah. Whether all of this is in place or not, it's I mean, this is great, but. Romans 12 says that our spiritual act of worship is laying your whole life down. Yeah. He's looking for worshipers. Um, so in, in, in Hebrew, getting, this is where I give you a little bit of language. This is the bulk or the main part of the message. Um, as, a, as a worshiper over the years, Psalms has been my go-to. Um, worship leader, helping worship leaders, training, all of that. It's, it's the language of worship. It's the language of praise. It's the language of thanksgiving and blessing. And so I spend a lot of time in the Psalms. Um, so in, in English, um, the word is, the, uh, words are translated. It, English is not as expressive as Hebrew. Hebrew is more expressive. Um, every Hebrew letter has a color attached to it. Every Hebrew letter has a number attached to it. And uh, there's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Um, David used to make his own instruments. And so um, he, uh, he would make a um, harp. He, he made a 22-string harp, each string tuned to a different tone, representative of an alphabet, a letter of the alphabet in the Hebrew language. So literally, David could take his 22-string harp and play the name of God. He could play Yahweh. He could play Adonai. And, and so it, it, was, it was very just expressive. Like when David, you know, we know the story. David played the harp and the evil spirit left Saul. 
So there was something about the plucking of the strings. There was something about the praise. There was something about the worship that would cause atmospheres to change. And so Hebrew is very expressive. But in our English Bible, it just says praise. That's not a bad thing. But each one of the, each time when you're reading Psalms and you see the word praise, it's one of seven words. And each one of those words is different. And each one of those words is an expression. Each one of those words actually has some kind of physical response. And so over and over as you read the Psalms, you'll just see praise, 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 praise. And so what I did over time is I would go through, and if you looked at my Bible, you could see I would circle the word praise and I would figure out, okay, which word is that? Because I wanted to know in context, what are we talking about? Um, and then allow it to, uh, then allow it to form my expression of worship, my expression of praise. So what we're going to do is we're going to run through the seven Hebrew words for praise. And again, I'm just hoping to give you a little language to express the worth of Jesus. That's the point. All right. So let's look at the first one. Halal. Halal means to be clear, to be brilliant, to shine, to boast, to rave, to celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. The last one is my favorite, to be clamorously foolish. Um, this is the picture of David when he was going before the ark into Jerusalem. When Michael looks at him from the tower and he is dancing with the people within his linen ephod and she despises him and he says, I'll become more undignified than this. That's what was happening. David was being clamorously foolish before the Lord. So um, these are just a couple of examples. And again, context, I think, is important. Um, so Psalm 18:3, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, worthy to be halaled. So shall I be saved from my enemies. So again, put the language to it. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy. He's worth me being clamorously foolish. <laughs> He's worth me getting outside of myself. And when I do that, what happens? I'll be safe from my enemies. Clamorously foolish before the Lord saves us. I know like sometimes we can be in that whole, I don't want to express myself, you know, but, and I know it's a little bit of an American culture kind of thing, but if you were at the game, I was at the game last weekend sitting in the Arkansas student section and I was getting heckled because I was from A&M, you know, for A&M. But when Arkansas scored, it didn't take much for people to be clamorously foolish. <laughs> there was a lot of people being clamorously foolish in that environment. How much more for God? Yeah. I mean, we're talking about God. <laughs> and, and we're embarrassed to be clamorously foolish. We're embarrassed to shine, to, to rave, to boast about him. It's like, I think there's something he's calling us to get outside and to trust him because it's, it can be an act of faith 
You could look at it like that, but I guarantee you he's going to show up. He's going to show up. Um, okay, before we leave this word, I just want to make a connection. Our word hallelujah comes from this word. So if you break down hallelujah, it's halal, be clamorously foolish, before Yah, Yahweh. Hallelujah, be clamorously foolish before God, before Yah. Hallelujah comes from this word. Okay, number two, second word, Yada. Yada is just the extended hand. So it's the lifting of the hand. Throw out the hand to worship with an extended hand. Psalm 9.1, I will praise or yada you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all your marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise. That's another word. We're going to get to it in a minute. Zamar. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. I want to show you a connection here in this, in this verse. There's a connection here between the physical act of lifting your hands and your heart. You see that? I will praise or lift my hands to you, O Lord, with my whole heart. There's a connection between our physical expression and our heart. And that's because the Jewish people, the Jewish people believed that if they would make their bodies submit, if they would make them if make themselves raise their hand, we're going to look at all of the different words in a second. They all have a physical expression. They believed if they made their body submit to this expression that their heart would follow. And this is an example of it. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I'm going to lift my hands to the Lord as an expression of praise. Psalm 99.3, let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. I don't know why the little is. I just forgot. I use this. It's so funny. I used this recently. I used this slideshow recently with um, some students at Upper End School of Ministry, and we thought that was funny. I don't know how the is got small. I don't know. But I didn't correct that. So <laughs> there it is. He is holy. All right. Uh, number three, the third word, Tauda. You can see a little bit of language similarity between Tauda and Yada. But it's more specific than yada. It is an extension of the hand in adoration or acceptance. But it's a statement asserting the existence of truth of something. So when you're saying, yes, I'm agreeing, it can be an extended hand. But it's also used for thanking God for things not yet received, as well as things at hand. And this is where the distinction between the two comes in, between yada and tauda. I like to just make, in my mind, I think of tauda as... I'm praising you for something I'm believing for. I'm looking ahead. You've made a promise. You've given a word over my life. And so as I'm praising you, I'm going to believe in faith that I'm going to receive it. Because every word of the Lord comes to fruition. So Psalm 50 verse 23, whoever offers praise, Tauda, glorifies me. And to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. In Psalm 104, we're going to spend a little more time in Psalm 104 just a little bit later, but um, I'll just go ahead and give you a little glimpse of it. Um, interestingly enough, we use this verse all the time at Upper Room. We're real big on coming before the Lord with praise and thanksgiving. 
just because the Bible says that's what we're supposed to do. And so, uh, but it's very interesting that it's enter into his gates with thanksgiving. It's, it's coming before him with tauda. It's coming before him with a sacrifice of praise. And into his courts with praise, tequila, which that's the last word we're going to get to in just a minute. Um, this next slide unpacks this whole idea of sacrifice of praise. Um, let's look at that one real quick. Um, so the idea of receiving, being thankful for things that you have not received yet. You see it specifically in Jeremiah 33, 11. Praise the Lord of hosts for the Lord is good for his mercy endures forever. And all of those who bring the sacrifice of praise and literally in Hebrew right there, it says Tauda. So you're bringing the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord for I will cause the captives of the land to return as at the first, says the Lord. Um, Hebrews is not written in Hebrew, um, but I believe the Hebrew writer was thinking of Taldah when he wrote, therefore let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. I believe he was thinking of that word in Hebrew when he wrote those words in Greek. The sacrifice of praise. Just to give it a little more context, um, if someone walked up and gave you the keys to a Tesla, would it be a sacrifice of praise when you responded to him or her? No, it would not be a sacrifice of praise. Your response would be great. It's kind of like when Arkansas, Arkansas scored the touchdown you know, in AT&T Stadium, that was not a sacrifice of praise. People were acting clamorously foolish but it, but it wasn't an, it wasn't a sacrifice. It was celebratory because something had happened. This is praising God for something that you haven't seen yet. Um, okay, next word. Barak is just simply to kneel down. Um, it can even be it can even be to prostrate yourself or to lay down. So, you know, everyone, you'll see that sometimes you're led in that in worship. But sometimes you just have that unction in your heart. I'm going to bow down. And it's literally, you know, if you've seen the if you can a storybook or potentially a movie where there's a king um, and the, the subjects are walking into the court of the king. The king is up on his throne and the subjects are walking up towards him. They walk, they walk, they walk. They get to a certain point and then they kneel down. And it's, it's that sign of honor before a king. Um, and it's this word, Barak. Psalm 95, 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. Psalm 72, 15 is another example. And he shall live, and the gold of Sheba will be given to him. Prayer also will be made for him continually, and daily he shall be praised. Um, one of the things I challenged myself with years ago was if I was going to sing about kneeling down, then I was going to make myself kneel down. If I was going to sing about raising my hands, then I was going to make myself raise my hands. I wasn't just going to. And this is even before I had an understanding of these words. There was just something in me that was like, I don't want to. I don't want my worship. I don't want my expression. I just don't want to be standing there with my hands in my pockets talking about lifting my hands to God. You know, it doesn't make much sense. And so um, even before I had an understanding of these words, I would make myself engage 
in these different postures of worship. But I think as you do this, if you'll make yourself, if you'll posture yourself to do it, there's something that will come along in your heart. Um, I, I know a lot of times we get stuck in, I don't feel like it in our society. Yeah. And this gets beyond feeling. This can become an expression of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. These can be expressions of faith as you worship him. Okay, next word. Shabbat. If you were here last night, we did this. If you were, uh, it's the shout of the Lord. To address in a loud tone, to command, to triumph. Psalm 63.3, because your loving kindness little is better than life. <laughs> My lips shall praise or shabak you. Okay. My lips will shout one generation. This one is a little funny to me. I don't think you're supposed to shout at our children. One generation shall shabak your ways to the other. Like I'm not excited. Don't shout at your children. But I think what it means is like the, the generations are to be loud in a sense of Exalting the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Don't shout at your children, but live a big life. You know, you can live a life um, in, a, in that posture before the Lord. Your children, if it's real to you, it'll be real to your children. All right. So Shabbat is the shout. The next one. Zamar. This is the only one that has anything specifically to do with an instrument. And it's, it is literally the plucking of a string and singing. And so that's why in the, in the Psalms, when you see it, if you see the phrase sing praise, 100% of the time, it's the word zamar. Sing praise. It couples the, the voice and the literal plucking of the strings. I don't know why. God likes it. There's something about it. There's something about the plucking of strings that God likes. Because he's chosen. If you, you know, spend some time in Revelation. What's going on in Revelation? Worship is going on in Revelation. But what are they doing? Harps. They've got harps. Right? They've got harps and bowls of incense. Bowls of incense are full of the prayers of the saints. So you can make it real in your own life. Each one of you in this, <laughs> all of us, all of us in this room are in Revelation. You're all in Revelation. Because there's bowls in heaven that are full of the prayers of the saints. And so those elders are holding those bowls full of the prayers of the saints. And there's harps. And they're playing those harps in praise of the Lord. The plucking of the string. God likes it. God likes the guitars. God likes. I'm going to say I know the keyboard is, you know, you can debate whatever you want to. But, you know, it's, it's mimicking a string being hit or plucked on an instrument, you know. And so there's something about that expression of music that God likes. Psalm 27, 6. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Do you remember the old Chris Tomlin song? Sing praise. Sing praise. Sing praise. 
That's what the, this is what this, I don't know if he knew that or not. He might or might not know that. He probably just pulled the phrase sing praise out of Psalms. But that's that is the that's the Hebrew word behind it. Alright, last one. And we're gonna spend a little more time on this one. Um, tequila. The joke is it's not tequila. It's tequila. The only similarity. <laughs> the only similarity is that it is sometimes there's a little bit of uh, being clamorously foolish. This this does come from the word halal. The root of tehillah is halal. Um, but specifically, this word is about um, the hymns of the spirit or spontaneous songs of the spirit. This is when you personally or corporately, this is when you go off the page. This is when you, you know, you're singing how great is our God, which is awesome. It's a modern day hymn. You're singing how great is our God. But then in that little moment after how great is our God and your heart is so full of gratitude and thankfulness to the Lord, you just begin to sing a new song. David would say it all the time. Sing a new song to the Lord. This is the new song. This is when your heart begins to sing. And this one is important because... And I don't, I, I'm saying, I, I, this is a worshiping community. So uh, uh, Psalm 22, 3, we use this one all the time. But I want you to notice, I think there's, a, there's something specific here for the church. Not necessarily this church, because y'all are a worshiping community. But I think for the broader American church, there's something here. Says you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. We'll say that all the time. The Lord is enthroned in the praises of His people. We'll open church services like that. The Lord is enthroned in the praises of His people. But what kind of praise is it that He's enthroned in? It's the spontaneous song of the Spirit. And and sadly, we can get into ruts and we can get into routines where we're almost, if I can say. It becomes Christian karaoke. Jesus would look at the Pharisees and he would say, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Tehillah is all about the heart. Tehillah is all about the heart singing a new song to the Lord. And sometimes we get into our ruts and come in and we're just, we're not thinking about God. We may be saying the right thing. We may be singing the right thing, but our heart is not on God. Tehillah is the opposite of that. And Tehillah is what the Lord enthrones himself in. When the community begins to experience that corporate expression of a heart expression, a heart song to the Lord, he then establishes his government. And what happens, what we've seen at Upper Room is in the middle of worship, people will be saved just spontaneously. We'll just be worshiping and people will come to the front, come to one of the pastors and they'll say, I need to be saved. I need to recommit myself to the Lord. Because the Lord's enthroned in that praise and in the Holy Spirit, his government begins to move. People get healed. We've had testimonies of healings that have happened. No one laid hands. No one prayed. But they were just in this environment and they were healed. Prophetic words start coming out. Words of knowledge start coming out. Because he's enthroned in that place. Okay. Um, 
I did a paraphrase of Psalm 104. I'll show you real quick, and then we'll wrap up. Tehillah, the spontaneous expression of spiritual song. We said that. We could go to the next one. Jeremy Riddle. We all love Jeremy Riddle. <laughs> Worship is not singing songs. Worship is a heart that sings. That's a good one. Is Psalm 100 next, maybe? Uh, we talked about that one. Sorry, I was getting ahead of myself. We can go to the next one. All right, this is what I want to, that's what I want to show you real quick. Uh, Psalm 104, there's four different words in that one verse. Four different expressions. And so I paraphrased it. So you could read Psalm 104 like this. Enter into his gates with your hands lifted to him, believing him for what you have not yet received, and enter his courts with a spontaneous spiritual heart song. Thank him with outstretched hands, kneel down, and bless him adoringly. Again, much more expressive is the point. That's the whole point. Okay. Um, if I can have the band come up. We're going to do a little uh, experiment. <laughs> We're going to do a little activation um, to make it practical and make it real. Um, a friend of mine used to say all the time, praise is personal. When you're singing praise, and literally those word, that word could be coming out of your mouth, um, your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips, whatever it is. We welcome you with praise. We welcome you with praise. You have to get beyond just the physical, what you're doing. You have to get beyond the the, the motion of singing, and it has to become personal to you. Yeah. So, so when you're praising him, what I've disciplined my mind to do is I make it personal. I make it specific. Like, why am I welcoming him with praise? What is my praise attached to is another way to say it. Your praise has to be attached to something. It could be attached to your history with God. So you're being thankful for something that you're remembering. This, the, 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 the word would say to remember the works of the Lord. So you can, be, you can attach it to your history with God, but you can also attach it to what's coming. You can attach it to something that you haven't yet received. And so that's what I wanted us to practice um, as we're closing out this morning. Um, so we're going to practice Tauda. If you remember what Tauda is. It's the lifting of your hand. So it's the physical expression of lifting of your hand, but it's praising him for something that you haven't received yet. It's a promise of God over your life. It's a word of the Lord that you received. It could even be something, just a promise in the Bible that you want to see fulfilled in your life. Doesn't have to be like a specific Someone came up and delivered a prophetic word to you. Could be that. But it's just something that is personal to you that you have not yet seen the Lord do. Okay? So I want you to take a minute and bring that to mind. Okay? We're going to make our praise personal. Bring that to mind. What is it that you've yet to see the Lord do, but you're believing Him for? You're believing Him for that. Okay, and then we're just going to stand up. 
The physical act of Tawdah is to lift your hands. And so I'm going to encourage you to lift your hands. Paul would say, I wish all men would lift holy hands to the Lord. And when he said that in the New Testament, he was taught thinking about Tawdah and he was thinking about Yadah. That we would lift our hands, all holy hands to the Lord. So we're just going to begin to worship for a minute. Uh, Victor and the team are going to lead us. And as, he, as they're leading us, I want you to hold that thing before the Lord in faith. What do you want to see the Lord do? What are you believing that he is going to come and bring to pass in your life? Make your praise personal. 